Welcome to Excess and Defect 2020, a Linton podcast series about the vices and virtues in our lives and how we can uh, reject vice and grow in virtue. I'm Deacon Will Rooney, and uh, today uh, from afar via Zoom, we've got Lad Spears here with us. Howdy, everybody. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about anger. Now, uh, Lad, as always, your creative committee um, has uh, come up with some... Um, some interesting title for this this episode i'm sure what would that be i have i have to confess uh given given the nature of uh my wake up right before this <laughs> I, it's it escapes me at the moment right, let me let me get up on my notes here i also uh failed to look at this beforehand <laughs> but uh that's okay we're we're up here it's about eight o'clock in the morning and uh we're drinking coffee um so uh, we should be welcome. Normally I would be up by now, but for the fact that I, I, I must have slept with the alarm, which never happens to me. I'm, I was actually very surprised. Well, to be fair, you were up a, a, quite a bit before eight o'clock. Uh, well, know, that's it, true. It's just by the time we uh, worked through many technical difficulties. Let's hear some of those technical difficulties. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I wish you could see what's going on right now. Can you just uh, okay? Well, anyways, it, it, it I, I hit um I hit new and it just populates like it's got all kinds of buttons and gizmos and whiz bangs and things like that. Uh, hit, hit select. Oh wait, never mind. Okay, good. Are you are you on a Mac? Yeah. Okay, go to your system preferences. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. <laughs> Say love you. Let's just do it over Zoom right now. Let's go. Oh, you Zoom. can share. Let's yeah, go. Let's, let's go. go Zoom. Yeah, you know, it, it's just a reality. Uh, so the name is uh is uh untamed virtue. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's from Chesterton. Yeah. Is it really? I... Mm -hmm. Yeah, Chesterton is the uh, is the originator of that. Well, he he speaks he speaks of of um, of all of the different vices as untamed virtues. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Uh, so, do you know where he says something like that? No, I don't. Awesome. <laughs> We're, we're in that I, w I was told by some intellectual friends who who's <laughs> whose opinions i trust and i was like you know what i will investigate this further at some other time but not now all right well that's i mean it's true we all it sounds uh, very chestertonian i mean of, yeah it really does um so but but why do we pick that uh for for this in particular um i guess first of all we should maybe just say something uh, we're doing this via Zoom because uh, St. Mary's Seminary, where Lad and I, uh, well, and actually Lad continues to be a seminarian, and I sort of uh, am done with seminary now, uh, has closed its doors because of the coronavirus. So um, it's, uh, it's kind of a crazy time, uh, as everyone knows, um, but uh, for historical reasons, we'll say that, uh, that it's, you know, it's been kind of a, a crazy couple of weeks and they just made the decision two days ago that we will not be going back to the seminary this semester, um, which is why we're talking via Zoom as opposed to in person. Um, so, yeah. Um, do you think, what do you think about, uh, I don't know, like, how's, how's, how's that been for you, lad? You know, it, um, it kind of, um, I would say uh, until more recently, there was a, a kind of a sense of limbo, like, what are we, what are we doing here? Especially, 
you know, having, um, before they made the final decision that we wouldn't return, that they wouldn't resume residency mm -hmm. at, the, at the seminary when we got bumped out an extra week on spring break, but we're doing classes online. And there's just a lot of, unknown. there's certainly a sense of limbo. Uh, I mean, I, I'll say for me at least, um, again, until, until recently, until these last couple of days, as it really kind of came more into focus, um, what, uh, what the remainder of this semester is going to look like. Um, I know for me that a lot of just kind of the churn around the coronavirus and the response to it and um, everything, it, it has made it difficult to focus on Lent. Like Lent, it's, it's like it's been this big, big competitor, you know, mm -hmm. with, uh, with Lent in terms of like what's drawing my, uh, what's drawing a lot of my attention. Um, so that has been, uh, that has been challenging. Um, but also like in a certain way, um, it has, um, in, I would say the, the observance of Lent and specifically, but even more generally, um, just a really, uh, a really wholehearted and like an even deeper embrace of, of our Catholic faith in general has become like a, a bedrock upon which in, 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 in the face of all of the, the um, uncertainty right now, in face of all of the um, flux that, we, that we're experiencing and seeing, that has been something that we can come back to um, as a sure foundation. And I thought, you know, yesterday's Erbiet or your blessing, uh, as we were talking right before this, you know, it was, it was Catholicism on full display for everybody to see uh, and to, um, and to really, I think, draw out some of the, some of that same perspective. This is here, here, here is God, and and He is the one um, on whom we can um, really ground ourselves in light of everything that's happening. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yesterday, uh, that the blessing, I, you know, it's hard to watch mass um, on TV or or that kind of stuff. And there's been a couple of days where I haven't, I even as like a deacon, I haven't been able to get to mass. Um, and, and that's just part of the reality. And that I, I, um, I always remind myself like what a privilege it is that I get to go to mass at all during these days. Um, mm -hmm. uh, cause I, you know, can assist as a, a liturgical minister, whereas most of the people, uh, around us, they don't get to go, um, at all. And, um, and just, it is knowing that it is difficult to watch, uh, stuff on, on, it's good that we're able to do stuff like that, um, and live stream things. Um, I do think that it has its place and it helps people to, um, to stay connected, uh, and to be reminded, but, uh, it takes, it does take an extra act of the will. If you, if you'll, you know, like an extra kind of like commitment, like I'm going to, I'm going to, um, remember that I'm united to the sacrifice, whether I can be there or not, uh, physically, physically speaking. So, um, and I, I don't know, just to, maybe this is a, a, a terrible segue, but, um, I can imagine that to some extent, um, that this probably can cause some anger on, uh, on certain, in certain ways. It's like, why is this happening? Uh, what's going on here? You know, how do I, it, how, how am I supposed to react to this? Um, because it's a, it's a, uh, a great evil that is occurring and it's causing a lot of people, a lot of pain. 
um, that they don't really um, necessarily like they, they haven't done anything to deserve that pain, quote unquote, uh, mm -hmm. if, that, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, so let's, uh, let's kind of pivot based on that. <laughs> I don't know how good of a segue that was. Probably wasn't great. Uh, <laughs> but it, it is what it is, and we're just going to keep rolling. Uh, let's go ahead and pivot uh, to the topic at hand for today um, and, uh, and talk about anger um, as, a, as the vice that it is. Um, now, we, we want to be careful about uh, anger when we talk about it as a vice, I think, um, because it can be easy to, I don't know, that, that the title that you, you chose, Untamed Virtue. Mm -hmm. um, what, let's start there. Why, do, why untamed? Like, yeah, well, I think first, um, maybe, maybe one thing to do right, right off the bat um, is to, um, is to draw a distinction between anger and wrath, which, you know, that's like the classical, um, the classical word that's used when we're talking about this capital vice is actually wrath, not, not just anger, right? Cause we talk, you know, cause there, there can be, it probably gets overused, but there can be righteous anger. Um, mm -hmm. But we're principally concerned with, uh, in, in this case, talking about the, the, uh, the vice of wrath. But so going back to your question though, untamed virtue, why, uh, why does <laughs> it, it's been proposed that it's Chesterton uh, who said that? Why does he call it a, an untamed virtue? Um, and I think you know if we look at you know just go back to the um, uh, kind of Aristotelian uh, ethics, talking about anger um, and it, like the irascible appetite, right? So that's the appetite that. Um, that, like desires these difficult to attain goods, and in some cases, you like it like causes you to um, that appetite like causes anger, you know, in air quotes, um, and that kind of spurs you on to um, to achieve that good which is difficult to attain. And um, we might more, you know, I think in in this sense, we might actually associate um, that kind of anger with courage you know such that like in the face of some adversity there's a sort of anger that like mm -hmm. buoys you up to push through um, that adversity um and so it might be associated with courage um here you know so then okay so bring it back to so that's untamed virtue so then like well, how does that tie into to wrath um i would think that maybe you know what what could be an otherwise justified anger or maybe like a virtuous anger the anger that is more associated with courage and overcoming something difficult here wrath the the, the vice of wrath would be something like it's it's taking an improper object or it's to a, to a to an improper degree right what do you think yeah yeah an improper object uh, so either you're angry about something that uh you is not actually unjust or you're too angry about something that is unjust, but the, the your level of vindictiveness um, is, uh, is, is too high or uh, you go about um, 
you go about satisfying that injustice in the wrong way, I would say, you know, or trying to, to find tensions. So um, anger, anger is an interesting passion. Uh, it's um, so the, the distinction you just made, right, is the distinction between the vice of wrath and the passion of anger. Um, and that like the passion, right, it has two kind of things as its object. Um, it, it looks at something that's, um, it considers the good to be achieved, right? The, 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 the arduous good that stands to be achieved. Um, and then it considers the, the evil also that stands in the way of, uh, or prevents, um, us achieving that good. Uh, it's kind of an interesting, um, in particular, like if we apply this to a person, right? A person does something wrong to me. So uh, I seek some sort of retribution against the person, right? And that retribution is some sort of, from that, that, that retribution is some sort of deprivation of a good for that person, right? If that's, that's basically what it is. Um, but it is actually for the good of the person. Mm -hmm. and it's kind of confusing but it's like um well i mean i think it's it's knowable from our uh from our experience um right now i'm at my parents house uh i've been here for about a week uh before i go into a parish and um my nephew has been around a lot and uh and sometimes and he's a pretty good kid little kid he's like two and a half so he's not doing anything crazy yet too crazy yet uh but you can imagine, right? The parent, he, sometimes he does something wrong and uh, my mom or my brother or my sister-in-law is like, no, Liam, don't do that. We don't do that. Or, you know, like there's some sort of something there. Right. Uh, and there's even to the point of occasionally like if he, and he doesn't do it with much malice, Right. But he'll like hit at something or someone. Right. And it's like, no, you don't. And you grab his hand. Right. Like you, you stop it. And that's depriving him of the use of his hand for a second. Right. Right. Uh, just to just to because it's seeking his good uh, because he's he needs to learn how to to actually, you know, not hit or, or whatever. Um, but I think that there's something uh, very natural about that kind of interaction where we we seek the good of the other person in um, in sometimes allowing them or even causing punishment. Um, certainly I think that that's the case when someone has authority over someone else. Um, but it, but even amongst equals, there's like a, there is a just, um, there's like a just desire for, uh, uh, for kind of, that justice would be done. Um, and that's what anger really seeks as a passion. But the problem is after the fall, like all the passions, anger, it's all twisted and it gets all out of whack. Um, and so we end up with this kind of, most of the time we're either, we get too angry uh, about something that doesn't matter. Um, or we go about it in the wrong way, or we, you know, uh, you know, for a lot of different 
you know, a lot of different reasons. Or, or, or it takes the improper object. And so, you know, for that reason, I'm glad that you brought up, you know, we, we've talked about it's possible for anger to take the improper object and um, thus becomes um, uh, misplaced anger. Uh, so I'm glad you mentioned, okay, so what is the proper object? In that case, that begs the question, what is the proper object? And as you said, it is justice, right? That's what yeah. stirs up that anger. And I think another good distinction that you brought up at the beginning was that um, anger is a passion and that wrath is a vice. So both virtue and vice, that like there is a, there is a habituation, right? That's that is how um, that is how something becomes either virtuous or vicious is that we become habituated to a particular um, activity or response. The the fact that anger itself is a passion um, simply just I mean uh, all of us like we we are all subject to passions. It's a question of how have we. And disciplined and tame those passions. How do we respond to those passions? Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think some people may erroneously think like, oh, if I ever feel like if I ever feel some kind of anger on the inside, even if even if they haven't like acted um, in a wrathful fashion or like just sat there and brooded wrathfully, even if they just kind of feel that that initial response of anger, um, they might potentially conflate that with oh, there's wrath. Well, no, that's the, that's the passion of anger, right? Right. And it's so to, to see the difference there between, yeah. between those two things. Yeah. So I, I think that that's vitally, I mean, that's super important um, just because we passions are named passions because there's things that uh, like we don't have control completely of the way we feel. Right. There, there's a certain, um, and when we say the word passion, it, it it's just a, a kind of a fancy word for, for feeling, right? Like the, the and, it, and it, and it precisely, it happens to you. It's right. It's the, it's the opposite of action, action versus passion. It is exactly. something done to you. Right. Right. And now, so that doesn't excuse, um, like we have to be careful cause you can, like there's a certain reaction that we should have to certain things. And that's what actually vices and virtues kind of show us in a, in a really clear way. If we have virtue, we react, our passions themselves, our entire self acts, uh, or I mean, suffers this in, a, in the correct way, right? Like if we see something that we should be joyful about, um, we're joyful. And if we see something that we should be angry about, we're angry. And we don't have to th like think about that um, necessarily, although we would, we, you, you, you would, if you had the virtue, you would immediately also think. Um, but it's an interesting thing. Cause like, like we said, you can get too angry, right. About something that doesn't matter. Um, or maybe that's something that does matter. That wasn't injustice, but you're, you seek too much vengeance, right? You think of, um, you know, you, you think of someone who, uh, it just kind of, um, well, I think the best example in my, my own life is if, um, like, I know that if I am angry about something else and then someone else does something that's just a little bit upsetting, mm. right? Yeah. Watch I, out. Watch out. Right. Because I'm probably going to, uh, because I, you know, sometimes I, right. Like I'm probably going to vent the anger that I have, at the other person, perhaps for a, a just cause, uh, 
at the person that doesn't really deserve this, right? Like you think about like a, a I mean, it happens in all sorts of human communities, but uh, I think in particular parents see this, you know, the kid comes home from school and he's mad at something at school and hasn't really expressed that to that person. Uh, and then the next, um, yeah. And then like, he's mad at mom or dad and just it's, it's crazy. So, uh, that yeah. was my experience in middle school a lot. So yeah. <laughs> I'm speaking or, or, for- or, or, or goes off at like just the slightest, like provocation or something that's not even that much of a provocation and the parents are like, okay, that was unexpected. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, so we, we were, we were kind of saying that um, passions are things we suffered, but we got to train our passions. And that's really what the, the vices, uh, I'm sorry, the virtues, <laughs> the virtues do is they help us. To ha- good to see, good to see that other things don't change. Yeah, exactly. I can't speak apparently. Um, so I, I, I think there's a really helpful uh, kind of, um, Kind of statement here, a couple of really helpful statements in in Young's book, um, Glittering Vices, um, that I just, you know, I'm going to share here. Um, first of all, anger is like all passions is rooted in love. So the goal is not when we're talking about uh, getting rid of the vice of wrath. The goal is not to be apathetic, right? We're not supposed to have apathy. We're, that that's not like if someone does something wrong, we should feel <laughs> that there's something wrong and there's just some justice to be done. Um, because that's like, you, you don't get angry about something you don't care about. Right. True. Yeah. I mean, okay. You broke my, you broke that mug that I don't care about at all. I, I don't care. You know, like who cares? Um, but, uh, and so like apathy is, is, is not a good, uh, is not a good thing. Um, and, and neither is, is over wrath, right? I mean, it's, I don't know if, um, yeah, I don't know if this is exactly the, the kind of the spectrum, but apathy seems to be like a, a vice on one side and then wrath would be on the other side. And in the middle, maybe uh, we would say love, or charity i mean charity can you can kind of put charity there anyway temperance is the, the particular mode which guides yeah, the rest or, or, or maybe even righteous anger you know i think that might be like like the, the correct amount of anger you know between apathy and and wrath because i think I don't, I don't think that the mean of those two would be love understanding that the reason the reason the underlier for that spectrum is love to yeah. the point that you made earlier. Um, right. It's because there's some injustice done against that, which, or that whom you, you love. Right. Yeah. Um, it, Maybe it's just justice. No, but I don't know. I, this is actually something I, I need to ask people that are wiser than I, <laughs> but cause I would, I mean, righteous anger, or courage, maybe? Let's see. Let's see if we've got a um, anger when it's a holy emotion has justice as its object. 
Oh, okay. Self-possession. That's what, that's, that's right. Okay. So uh, that would be the mean between apathy be the mean. and, and wrath self-possession. Uh, at least the virtue opposed to wrath. So I, yeah, I would say that that probably is true. Um, so it's in the Summa, it's described as gentleness, but it, or meekness, right? Uh, I, so, um, I heard this from father Mike Schmitz one time that, uh, meekness, meekness comes from, um, like a word that used to, used to meek a horse, right? Which is to like take a stallion, a wild stallion and, and bring him under control so that the passion, so that the, the strength of the, the horse can be directed properly. Um, so it's not like a denial of the, the strength of the horse or a, a rejection of that is bad. Um, so I think that that maybe that's kind of the same, um, the, the same kind of thing. Cause one of the things that we, um, we, we talk about, uh, or, or at least a young talks about is that, um, anger like is presented even in a positive light often in the scriptures, right? The, the Lord is angry, you know, like, uh, so, so there's something there, but he's, he's angry in a meek way, right? Like he's in control of himself, um, and, and going about it towards the right object. Um, the most notable example of that, of course, is, um, the cleansing of the temple, right? Jesus, is flipping tables, you know, like <laughs> literally flipping tables. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. So I think that there's a, there's something to be said there. Have, uh, but again, it, but again, um, huh. I, I wonder like how we can see, cause we, 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 we understand that, that, Justice is the object of it. It's the proper object of anger. We can see that self-possession is the mean of, of apathy and wrath. But again, you know, I'm wondering, have we really drawn out how love ties into all of that? I think really animates a lot of that. Um, mm. And, you know, uh, kind of going back to the scriptures, the, the, the line that comes to mind is zeal for your house consumes me, right? It's, it's precisely because of Jesus love for his father. Um, and so, and, and so by extension, the temple, um, it's precisely because of his love for that, for that sacred place of the temple that he drives them out, um, when he sees an injustice. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's, that's right. Right. The charity moves him, uh, love for God and love for neighbor moves us um to do that um i think that one distinction that that the young makes that is helpful in determining kind of when our anger has gone too far is she always talks she talks about how wrath is always uh eye centered right it it's seeking control to prevent vulnerability right to prevent the possibility of of being hurt uh, for the eye. Right. And it's not wrong. We got to be careful not to say like, um, it's not wrong to, to, um, to prevent yourself from being harmed. Right. You know, like if, if someone's protect yourself and protect in an yourself. appropriate manner. Yeah. <laughs> like that's good. It is good. But, um, it's, it's often like the case that we, 
Um, we self-promote using anger, right? Like it, it's like, uh, I didn't get what I want. I didn't get the recognition that I wanted and, uh, and therefore I'm angry or I didn't get the, um, you know, the, the accolade that I, that I wanted, or I didn't get that thing or that person. Um, and we, maybe this goes back to, we judge people's intentions really quickly. Like, uh, she gives the example in the book here that like, if a kid doesn't come to dinner, right. The, the parents saying, Hey, come, come eat. Right. And the kid's like overplaying, you know, sometimes, and we've all seen the kid who looks at his parent, he clearly hears the, the, the call and then does what he wants to do. Right. And maybe mm-hmm. that deserves mm-hmm. some anger, but mm-hmm. we've also seen the kid who is just like so engrossed in what he's doing, he or she is doing um, that they don't even hear the, the parent. And sometimes the parent gets angry or, uh, you know, I, I, I've definitely done this with, with brother seminarians is where it's like, Hey, uh, you know, read your email, right? Like, and, 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 uh, and, or, you know, why are, why don't you already know this? You know, it was sent out in an email or it was sent out, it was said. Um, and, and the, you know, I kind of judge their intention as like them not giving proper care to the, to the community or to, you know, the things that I've said um, or the things that the faculty said or something like that. And uh, I recognize that that anger that I have there um, is not necessarily a just type of anger, right? Because what I'm really saying is I'm judging their intention. Like you did this because you don't care about this rather than just saying, you know, you, you, you didn't do this, you know, and, and, and asking why, Hey, what, what's going on there? Um, does that kind of make sense as like a, a way to, I don't know. I find that helpful, at least in my kind of reflection on yeah. the ice. Yeah. You, so. Well, and, and the thing that was kind of coming to mind hearing you talk to Deacon Will, I'm wondering like, maybe is this, cause you know, we, we, we said at the beginning of this series, how pride makes itself felt in every single one of these. And I'm wondering if this is the place in which pride makes itself felt specifically in the case of wrath, um, because kind of to your point, um, either in the case, you know, if, if it's, um, wrath directed at somebody else, because we, we see some kind of shortcoming in them that we think is, um, uh, shouldn't shouldn't be there despite our efforts or someone else's efforts and we get and we become wrathful about it um in a sense i think in a prideful way we are appropriating to your point we're appropriating um the role of 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 judge of their intentions yeah improperly so and maybe in the case of well i didn't get something um and so i'm i'm, I'm gonna be wrathful about it because i didn't get what i want the the eye centered wrath that you were speaking of earlier. Once again, that's the pride. Um, I think putting ourselves, placing ourselves uh, ahead, uh, and, and considering ourselves principally and, um, and maybe almost solely. Um, I think mm-hmm. that this might be, this might be where the pride comes in to animate this particular vice. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think that there's you, it's like, there's a a third case, right. Of you hurt me and I'm not going to let you, like, I am not going to let you hurt me again, which that's probably the most difficult, right? Because 
there are legitimate things where it's like, no, you, you hurt me in this way and you may not, you're not going to do that again. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let that happen again. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's, that's why we have, you know, courts of justice and we have, you know, hopefully the legal system helps there and, and all that kind of stuff. But even, even on an impersonal level, forgiveness, which sometimes anger stops us from, from, from completely forgiving. Um, forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean reconciliation. It, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to be friends anymore. Or we have to hang out. It just means that I will the good of the other person, which mm-hmm. is actually the goal of a properly directed, a meek anger, right? A, a, a meek anger. It doesn't seek to destroy the other person. It seeks the good of the other person. And sometimes that looks like the good of the other person being in jail, you know, or, uh, or on a, on a lower level, just like, Hey, we're not going to, I'm not going to invite you over to my house, you know, anymore because you're a jerk, (laughs) you know? Uh, uh, but, but you have to be careful how we, how we do that. And then really, really check, um, check that. And I think that the best thing that we can do to kind of, um, give an antidote to anger in our life is anger is one of those passions that comes on us. Right. And then it clouds our, our reason often, and it makes it hard for us to think. So the advice that my mom gave me when I was a kid is probably the, one of the better advice, like just count to 10, right. Mm -hmm. Before you do something, Mm -hmm. count to 10. Uh, or if it's something that's really big, maybe 10 seconds is not enough. Uh, and hopefully in those 10 seconds, you realize, hey, I'm really angry about this and I'm going to go, I'm going to take a day or, uh, you know, I think that that's a really wise, um, a wise thing to do. And, and for me as an extrovert, one of the things that, that can be helpful is to write that down right? Like, okay, mm-hmm. not, not necessarily like an, an, e- an angry email and people do that and then they accidentally send them, right? And that's a bad idea. But just to write down, hey, I, you know, I was really angry about this today, Lord. Uh, so help me to know uh, what, what justice demands in this case. Um, uh, effectively, right, we're, we as adults are applying the thing that we often do for kids, right? You're taking a timeout, you know? So, uh, yeah. Right. Um, to help but, us. Like, but we understand like it's, 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 it's a time to allow the passion to subside. Right. So that we can use our intellect. Right. So and that we can use. And, and really, I think it's more specifically prudence so that we can exercise. Okay. What is the prudent, response to this right. what you know? is and, in, and the prudent response may in, may in fact be yeah it, it, yeah what is what is the prudent response based on the demands of justice and what is the right level of of um kind of like anger you know what is the what is the proper degree is this the proper object um and yep. and how might this be expressed in the proper way right the, yeah. our 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 practical wisdom prudence is going to be the dictate um that answers those. Right. And until we, until we get to having the virtue of uh, gentleness or meekness or or thing, something like that, or, which is really an expression of true charity, right? I mean, it's the fruit of the spirit. 
um, we need that time, right? We need now, cause like someone who's, who's got the virtue, they'll, they, they may, uh, still say, I'm going to take some time, right? Because of that, that, that could be an act of virtue, but sometimes there's not enough time, right? Like if, if, you know, sometimes there's no time and you actually do have to make a decision. And that's why we need to build up this virtue so that you can react in mm. the moment. We were on retreat last week and uh, the retreat master said something really, um, really, really helpful. I think he said, uh, you know, you know, you learn a lot about yourself and the virtues you have and the vices that you have in the way that you act in a, um, in a situation where you have to act quickly, right? The way you react to something. It, now, that doesn't mean we should like go around blaming ourselves and, and that kind of stuff, but it's a really helpful examination of conscience. Right? How do I, do I get angry too quickly? Do I get angry about things that don't matter? Do I, all that kind of stuff and, and say, well, okay, now that I know that about myself, I'm gonna slow down and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna choose this, even if I feel that anger. Um, uh, kind of coming on. Um, one kind of final uh, final point is that um, ultimately that anger, right? Even if it if it kind of goes overboard, is pointing towards the good of getting rid of some sort of evil in the world, you know, and transforming that into good. And so we shouldn't we we need to be uh, conscious conscious of that as kind of the end goal. Um, to make the distinction between the, like the person who wronged us and the, uh, the object of our ing- anger, which is the evil that was, was done. Yeah. The, the act of injustice. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, that, you know, and that kind of just like as a final thought, cause it's something that's kind of been going in my mind uh, in the course of our conversation. So last night I watched, um, for the first time I watched the movie, um, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Have you seen that? Oh, is that good? It's about Mr. Rogers, right? It's about Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Tom Hanks. I'm telling you, it is, it's surreal. Spot on portrayal, spot on portrayal. Awesome. Um, it was really, it, it was a fantastic movie. I thought, um, I mean, you could do a whole podcast episode just on the philosophy behind kind of like Mr. Rogers. Cause I, I was thinking about this as I was watching it. I was like, man, it'd be really intriguing to like do a deep dive into this, but, um, do it, man. Next but, series. But, but there, there it is. Right. But um, I, I think, you know, kind of, they don't really get into this too much in the movie, though to, to a certain extent they do. Um, I think a, a lot of what kind of uh, animated his demeanor and his, um, and his philosophy, if you will, his philosophy of, of life, and specifically as it relates to anger um, and, the emo- and the emotions that, um, that young children experience, because they, they talk a lot about that in the movie. I think a lot of his philosophy um, hinges precisely on that distinction you made between the act of injustice and the person. Um, and and uh, in the movie, Tom Hanks, you know, playing Mr. Rogers talks about um, how first and foremost, like the, the primacy of viewing every single person as precious and what flows from that um, is just this gentleness, this meekness, right? Um, to help kind of 
uh, to help tame that anger that we might yeah. feel. And it's not to deny, it's not to deny the presence of anger. It's not to deny maybe even the, the rightness of, of anger at an act of injustice, but to always view it in, in the larger context of this is a person who's precious who has done an unjust act. And so yeah. my response to the unjust act, it needs to be in accord with that paradigm. Yeah, that's an awesome example um, to just remember that it's, yeah, it's a person, right? And we're, we're the only, as Jean Paul II kind of famously said, the only appropriate response to a person is to love that person, right? Mm-hmm. We can't, and so, um, you know, that just means we, you will the good of the person even as you stop them from doing something that's unjust or, uh, you know, all those things. And that's where, that's where good anger comes in. Um, yeah. And I think, um, I know we said one final thing and then I thought of one other thing that I wanted to say that I think is, is really important. And it's good that we're laughing as we said that, because, um, one way to make sure that we're checking our anger, uh, is to, um, to check our expectations, right? what, what do I expect? And can I laugh at myself? Um, I talked about this on the last episode, but uh, one of the things I struggled with growing up was just having a sense of humor about myself or about other situations. I was a pretty serious kind of kid. And, uh, and some of that still comes out every once in a while, but, but to be able to just laugh at ourselves and say, what am I expecting here? You know, or what am I expecting of other people sometimes? Like, like we're all human beings and there's, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't strive for excellence, but to be realistic of, um, and to be able to say, yeah, that, that didn't work out the way that I wanted it to. And, uh, you know, all right, we're going to give it a try the next time with kind of a smile on our face or, uh, you know, yeah, that person, yeah, they didn't mean to do that wrong. Like just kind of a, a healthy sense of, um, expectation really can help us there. Um, uh, the expectation that we would be, um, you know, respected and loved by others, but not, uh, not uh, that everyone does that perfectly all the time. I mean, that's just not the, the reality. So, uh, any final thoughts? Real final thoughts? <laughs> yeah, 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 for real this time. For real this time. No, no, right. I think that's about it. Cool. Well, uh, thank you. Sorry, that was it's a microwave okay. on my end. I know it was. <laughs> that was a microwave. We're just going to leave that in there, I think. Uh. All right, so it seems that the timer on the microwave is about to go off. And uh, so that'll, in a, in a punny sort of way, that'll end our episode as well. Uh, thank you for joining us on Excess and Defect uh, 2020. Uh, if, you, if this podcast series has been helpful to you, uh, we got two more episodes left, so we'd appreciate you sharing that with people that you love uh, so that they also can uh, can make use of it. And uh, know that we're praying for you. The seminarians of the Diocese of Austin uh, are praying for you, especially in this time of coronavirus. And uh, whenever people are able to get to Mass, we're holding you in our hearts uh, at the Mass, and we would ask that you do the same for us. Uh, please reach out on Facebook or other social media if uh, you have questions or thoughts or comments. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks and have a great day. Now the outtakes. There we go.
<laughs> Good well, morning, Vlad Spears. Well, Deacon Will. You know, I have a I have a watch alarm that I've been very dependably waking up with at seven o'clock every single morning. Oh and my I actually God. set it for and I actually set it for six fifty. I was like, I think I'll need I'll need forty minutes beforehand so that I can get a morning prayer and office of readings in for this. So I actually set it for six fifty and let's just let's just see if there's anything I can immediately add. Nope. It says daily at six fifty. Apparently it's I just slept through. You can't it. blame it. It's okay. Do you want to pray morning prayer first? Since Lad's probably or not since Matthew's probably not joining us, we uh we have more time. If you want to pray, it's true. We do have more time. Have you not done it yet? I have not done morning prayer yet. I've done sure. the office of readings, but well, if you don't mind beginning with the invitatory, then sure. I don't mind. Although technically you can <laughs> skip the invitatory in morning prayer. I don't know why that's the case. What would what, what would, would Father Jim Swift had to say about that? Uh, it's in the general instruction of the Liturgy of the Hours, so he can be quiet. Um, <laughs> just saying. Cool. The Lord opened my lips and my and mouth. Proclaim your praise. Come, let us worship Christ the Lord, who for our sake endured temptation and lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be Amen. with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. <laughs> Thanks be to God. So weird. Herbie at Orby right there, man. <laughs> it's so weird. Herbie at Orby light. Yeah, seriously. I can, I mean, I can imagine. It's, um, it, when you consider how, um, it, I mean, it's strange. I'm sure that was super strange for the Pope. To be in the middle of, I know. It was I mean. I did think that it was like Catholicism on high display, though, for sure. Oh, very high. Yeah. Hey, uh, are you recording in Audacity I, right now? No, I, I need you to talk me through what is supposed to happen in that. Okay. Uh, I think I do, can do that. Do I literally just hit the record button? Hit play and record. It probably not. You probably need to go to like file. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> File. New. Okay.